Hello and welcome to the 2019 yearly wrap-up episode of the Movie People podcast. But the special thing about this episode is instead of doing this one half hour, two hour long special where we go through all of the movies that came out in 2019 or anything like that, we're going to actually split it up and we're going to have eight cool special episodes for y'all all the way from now to the end of the year. Um, we're going to be talking about surprising movies, best movies of the year, worst movie of the year, performances, all of that stuff. But today is actually a cool one um, because it's more interesting. I don't hear that many people talking about this in particular. So what I wanted to look at is we've been going well, a lot of these episodes. We talk about all this news and we do these movie reviews. And one of the things we look at or see sometimes a movie then we're just like, why was this movie made? Uh, we, we see all those where you like you go in the movie theaters and who greenlit this? Well, who thought this was a good idea to make? And there were three movies in particular that I looked at and, and I just really couldn't figure out like who thought this was a good idea. Number one, and I think this is the biggest one, Men in Black International. Men in Black International starring Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth and directed by somebody. And look, I get that rebooting is kind of what what we're doing now, uh, and, and and it's made a lot of money for a lot of things. Like it worked for Aladdin, it worked for a lot of other things like that. But who was asking for Independence Day reboot? And who was asking for Independence Day reboot without Will Smith? Like that just doesn't make any sense. And then the and and I get the part of maybe casting. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson because they had good chemistry in Thor and you could thought you could get uh, go off that energy and then maybe you can get sequel material out of that. But the fact that it doesn't even connect to the original independent, or sorry, I said, keep saying Independence Day, I mean Men in Black. The reason that it doesn't even independ- uh, connect to the original Men in Black, it just didn't really make much sense. And then you, you get a director, which I'm sorry if you're going to hear clicking, I'm trying to figure out who the director of this is. Um... I think it was F. Gary Gray. It was F. Gary Gray. So you get F. Gary Gray, and he's made some good films before. And so you might think maybe he could make something out of this. But then when you hear that, it's just such a by the numbers, like absolutely nothing original, just by the book type sequel. It's just, this was a huge catastrophe from from the minute said go. And I, I really, if I was a, studio exec. It might be tempting. You have Tessa Thompson, you have Chris Hemsworth, you have this known IP. But just in the end, it didn't make any sense. The number one, why was this movie made? Number two, Hellboy, which actually might be a number one. Who thought, let me look up the original Hellboy box office. Original Hellboy, because it wasn't big. The original Hellboy made $44.6 million dollars. On a fifty million dollar budget. Oh wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was that was this one. Um, the original made twenty one. Oh well, I can't find the numbers, but uh, the original didn't make that much money. It was and it was more critically acclaimed, and people liked it more because of Guillermo del Toro's style. So if you're gonna bring back this Hellboy universe, it would probably be in a sequel with Guillermo del Toro. But 
not only was he not attached to direct this, I don't even think he was attached to produce this. So you're really just rebooting this IP that wasn't even that popular in the first place without the only reason why it was even acclaimed in the first place. You take both of those, you replace Ron Perlman with David Harbour, who is cool, but he's not a star. He's not bring, he's not bringing people to the box office. So you have a star that's not bringing people to the box office. You got rid of the director that made the first one popular. It's already not much of a known IP. It just really did not make any sense at all. They released it like in the, um, I forgot, but they released it in like a crowded time in April. They released it in April, right before all these big Marvel movies are about to come out, before Endgame's about to come out. No one's about to spend money on Hellboy when you can just wait a few weeks and see Endgame. Just did not make any sense. Why was this movie made? Number two was Hellboy. And the last one, Dumbo. Now, there might actually be a contractual reason why Dumbo was made. I think it was, I think it was made so they could keep the rights to it. But I, I mean, maybe you're looking and you see Beauty and the Beast made a billion. Aladdin's gonna made a billion. Um, um, Lion King made a billion. Maybe you're looking at these and saying, let's just reboot all these properties. But who? Who was asking for a Dumbo reboot? Like who? Like I don't even know that. Like it's just not a cultural phenomenon. Which I think that would be the thing with these Disney reboots. Aladdin. All every kid knows Aladdin. Everyone knows that little the whole new world, and everyone knows the Lion King, Hakuna Matata, and Beauty and the Beast, and um, LeFou. That's not his name, but uh. Um, and all of those things, they are all pop culture moments and they're steeped in pop culture. And The Little Mermaid, I think, will have that same appeal too. Dumbo is not. I don't remember a single song from Dumbo. I barely remember the character. Um, I don't really know what the story is about. And I don't think many people do. Dumbo was like, what? the original Dumbo was, uh, it's in the 30s, right? 41, 1941. So the fact that you think that that story can translate to a 2019 audience just because you put Michael Keaton and Colin Farrell in it with an elephant, not going to work. It did not, it did not make much sense to me when they said it was going to come out and it did not work at the box office, lost them a lot of money. One of Disney's only flops this year, Dumbo, why was this movie made? So those were three where I just saw it and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would the studio greenlit this? But then on the other end, I also want to talk about some movies that I saw that when I watched it, I was like, why aren't more people talking about this? This was a really good movie. And I have three for those too. The first one, Peanut Butter Falcon. Now, if you don't know what Peanut Butter Falcon is, it's a movie starring Shia LaBeouf, um, Dakota Johnson, and I forget the name of this other actor, but, um, he he put he has Down syndrome, and he's at this elderly care facility. They don't really know where to put him, and then he escapes this elderly care facility, and then goes, uh, and he finds or he's just running around. And he ends up finding Shia LaBeouf, who's on the run, um, and then there and it's about kind of their relationship with each other. When while Dakota Johnson, who is his caretaker at the facility is going to try to find him. So that's kind of what this movie is about. And this movie is so heartfelt. Like really more than any movie that I've seen this year, this movie really just puts its heart on its sleeve. It's genuine. It's 
yeah, it's heartfelt. It's really well acted. Like I really think Shia LaBeouf should be getting supporting actor nominations um, this year for his role in this. Dakota Johnson was great. The lead actor was great. There's just so many good things about this movie. It's um, it surprises you at times. It'll get you emotional at times. It's not too long. It's not too short. It's just a really sweet movie, but it's not. It doesn't like shy away from any of the harder aspects of Down syndrome and stuff like that too. So, Peanut Butter Falcon. I don't know how much it made. I don't think it was that much, and I don't really hear anybody talking about it. And I haven't heard any consideration for any awards for this film. But Peanut Butter Peanut Butter Falcon is a great film. I recommend everyone watch it. So that's my number one best one that no one saw. My number two best one that no one saw is a film I saw at South by Southwest called The Art of Self-Defense. The Art of Self-Defense, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but The Art of Self-Defense is, uh, it stars Jesse Eisenberg and Evo Jin Poots and Alessandro Nivola. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg, he gets like, he gets robbed or mugged or something on the street and he le- he decides he wants to learn karate so he can like so he can so he won't be scared anymore and so he goes to this karate dojo but then this karate dojo isn't a regular karate dojo it's like a cult and then just from there craziness ensues and it's just like so much going on but this movie it's is i don't know if zany is the right word it's just so it's weird. It really is weird, but it's very funny, but like dry humor. Like if you like, like dry, like it's not, it's not like a Melissa McCarthy, people falling down, Rebel Wilson, people like stumbling over Kevin Hart, just being loud type funny. It's like really like dry humor. And it's just like, there's the funny is in the performances and the, uh, the funny is in Alessandro Navola's character and how like, like not outlandish, but just how like just not even in this world his that character is. And watching him is so interesting. And then watching him interact with Jesse Eisenberg, who's doing this Jesse Eisenberg thing. But that's really it's just really the way they do humor in this movie is really cool and it's really well shot. But in addition to that, it's also a really good action movie. Or that's not an action movie, but it's a it's a thrilling movie. It like moves and you're like, you're invested in what's happening, and it's, it moves at a really quick pace, and it's just a really fascinating movie to watch. And is of all the movies that I've seen this year, it was one of the more interesting theater experiences I had. Um, but with that being said, I don't even remember when it came out because I watched it at South by, and then it just kind of I think it maybe played at some of the local like Angelicas and stuff, and it just kind of came and went. And then I never heard about the art of self-defense again, and I don't think it made any money. But I hope it did, because I think it was a great movie. It, I can't remember if it's on my top 10 list. I guess I'll keep that for New Year's Eve or whenever I'm releasing the top 10 list. But the art of self-defense, it's a great movie, um, and I wish more people saw it. So that's my number two best one that no one saw. My number three best one that no one saw is The Report. Now, if you don't know what the report is, that's a uh, it's an Amazon Prime original movie, and it stars Adam Driver and John Hamm, and and um, I forget the other person's name, but she's really great. Uh, and Adam Driver, it's about the torture reports. Um, his character is tasked with you know looking into 
how they were treating um, um, people that they captured after 9-11 and trying to get information. And he gets really into this work. And like he he's seeing all the stuff that they were doing and he sees that it's unfair and he's getting really into it, but then he has to deal with all the politics, but he can't really do anything because he's not an elected official. He can't really do anything about the politics side. So you have all these people from these different sides, both Democrats and Republicans, who are just trying to silence this and get it away. Like, we did this for a reason. Why are you trying, why are you like against the United States? You're like a terrorist, all this type of stuff. And it deals with all of that. And you have to see it through the eyes of Adam, or what's his name? Adam Driver's character. So it's just really fascinating. It's just a really good political, not a political drama, but just like kind of like a spotlight type of movie. Uh, just kind of like uncovering the truths of, you know, you know, bad things that the government might be doing. So, I mean, yeah, there's not too much that I can say about this, but it's really captivating, maybe a bit long. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's really good. And I don't hear anyone talking about it. And I know a lot of people are talking for Adam Driver for Marriage Story, which he deserves because he's great in Marriage Story. But, uh, he was also great in this movie. He's really one of the best actors working today, I think. Um, incredible range. But that's it. Those were the movies, the three movies that I thought, why was this movie made? And the three movies that I saw that no one was really talking about that I just wanted to bring up as a part of my first part of the eight-part um, 2019 yearly wrap-up. I'll be back tomorrow, I think, with surprising and disappointing movies. And then every day after that till the end of the year with more 2019 yearly wrap-up stuff. Thanks for listening and goodbye.